This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Episode Q5, the fifth wow. of quarantine, DB, kings of the podcast. We still grind that stuff, you know, every so often. It's got to be patient. You have to have patience these days. And uh, But yeah, so let's go with Q5. So we have some content for you. Recently, we put out podcast with the general manager of the LA Kings, Rob Blake. We put out a podcast with Trevor Lewis, who, of course, is a big part of the LA Kings history yep. over the last decade or so. And now we're going to bring into today's show, Akil Thomas, who most likely will be a big part of the, the next decade. Yeah, the new generation. So for those that are unfamiliar uh, with Akil Thomas, first of all, shame on you. And second, uh, let me just give you a couple data points before we bring him in. He was selected by the LA Kings in the second round, 51st overall at the 2018 NHL draft. Uh, he played his junior hockey in the Ontario League with the Niagara Ice Dogs. He uh, went to the World Junior Camp, and uh, he went on to play with Team Canada and scored the golden goal golden and became goal. a huge celebrity yeah. for a period of time there earlier this year um, after after scoring that goal and getting the gold medal for Canada. And uh, soon thereafter, he was traded to the Peterborough Peets. And so we'll uh, hopefully talk with Akil a little bit about that. He is a goal scorer. This guy put up uh, 102 points uh, two years ago uh, with on with Niagara. Excuse me. Uh, just a a a great player uh, who who can who can play wing. He can play center um, and uh, loves the defensive side of the game. And even played on the blue line. DB <laughs> played right. almost 30 Memorable minutes game for Niagara exactly. earlier. I thought it was a, a misprint when I found yeah. out about looking at the game <laughs> notes. Uh, and tweeted about it and, and talked with him about it. And uh, we had some quotes on Mayor's Manor earlier in the year about that. But just a, a very interesting guy. Uh, on and off the ice, John. To the point that I, I call him the most interesting of all LA Kings prospects. I truly look forward to every conversation I've ever had with Akil because he always opens up and sort of teaches me something new sure. about his background. Fascinating life. Uh, he's moved around quite a bit. Um, has some very supportive parents, has launched a clothing brand. I mean, he's done all sorts of things. So, DB, uh, let's keep the, the intro today, the first period, short, and let's move right along. And after the break, we'll bring in Akil Thomas, one of the rising L.A. Kings prospects. Back, 
Second period, Kings of the Podcast, our special guest this week, one of the King's top prospects and the man that I have labeled several times as the most interesting of all the prospects. Great backstories, uh, wonderful to talk to. Welcome into the show, Akil Thomas. How's it going, Akil? Pretty good. First of all, thanks for having me, but uh, no, I'm pretty good. What about yourself? Well, we're doing okay. It's such a weird time that we live in right now that as long as you know everybody's families are healthy and safe and, and doing well, then that's all we can really ask for at this point. It's a, it's a weird, weird time that we live in. Honestly, yeah, it's been uh, it's been super weird. Uh, so many things that you know the world's never seen before. So I agree. Yeah, look, I uh, you heard me say there in the intro, you're the most fascinating of all of the LA Kings prospects. The prospect pool in Los Angeles is so deep. I mean, the names you know them: Velarde, Turcott. He goes. The list goes on and on. Bjornfoot on defense. Um, but you, to me, you're the most fascinating among all of them because every time that I talk to you, you always have some way of bringing something into the conversation that I didn't know. And I do pretty deep research on people. Uh, just, do, are you aware of that? Do you even know how fascinating you are? Or are you just, you're just living your own life and you're just like, hey, I'm Akil Thomas. I just come to the rink and I just play hockey and that's, you know, and you're just real understated about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I'm aware that, you know, I'm a little bit different from, you know, the average hockey player. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just me. Um, you know, I don't really feel any different. I'm just me and I've, know different interests and uh and stuff like that and i guess the only difference is really like i, I just am like gonna have like an entrepreneurial mindset and um i just started that kind of at a young age so um you know i don't know it's just the way i was kind of brought up uh, my parents always kind of gave me freedom to do whatever i wanted and um you know always told me i can do anything i wanted so um but uh thanks for calling me fascinating that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> So many players that have, I don't even know if unique is the right word, but, you know, we always, we're looking for an angle uh, as journalists and, and, and people that cover the sport, you know, to talk about. And for guys like Aiden Dudas, they don't want to talk about being a small player. They want to talk about everything else, right? And for yep. for black players, it, they historically just wanted to be one of the guys. That's what they talk about. But you've sort of taken a different approach. You're very proud of that. It's something that you put out there and that you talk about. Is that... How exciting is that right now that we're seeing such a change in society that that's, it's seen, being seen in such a positive light and that there's an open discussion about it? Is that something that, that you feel you know, is exciting? Or again, is that just, hey, it's, it's nothing new for you because you've always been um, very upfront about it and, and wanting to talk about it and wanting to embrace it? Yeah, I mean, I feel really excited about it just because, you know, all this, like, I've been told like my whole life, like, oh, like, why did you play hockey and stuff? And um, you know, you should play basketball, you should play football or whatever. And, you know, now I, I just think there's an opportunity for, um, black kids who, who, um, grow up to feel comfortable enough to be like, no, I want to play hockey. It's like what I'm interested in and, um, it's just what I want to do. And then I can pursue it. I feel comfortable pursuing it. You know, hopefully I can see more kids in the game that look like me and I can feel more comfortable. So, you know, obviously there's been, um, unfortunate situations that had to happen, you know, leading up to, you know, I think the shift in society, but at the same time, something had to happen for change. And you know, if it, if it happens earlier than than later, then that's for the better. You know, you know, obviously we want to involve every kid and make every kid feel um, comfortable in in any type of sport, regardless of their you know their um, race. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just come from a different place, being in Southern California, where it's such a diverse area or whatnot. I, I just 
I don't ever remember talking to Wayne Simmons when he was here about the fact that he was a not black once. hockey player. Nope. Like, it's just not a topic that resonates with me. He's he's a hockey player, right? So it's no different than you, Akil, and, and no different than, you know, Jared Anderson Dolan. People talk about he has a different story. Just It's just life. We're all just people just trying to live together and, and, and survive somehow. Um, fascinating. But uh, interesting, though, little little place to pivot off of that. Coming into uh, the draft last year, there was a lot of hope that one of your teammates... Tomasino was going to be drafted by Los Angeles. And I would argue that uh, they wanted to take him there if they didn't need to get a defenseman in Bjornfoot and, and trade up and whatnot. But here's a chance this year at number two, they could get a guy that you know pretty well in Quinton Byfield. <laughs> what can you see? You're already chuckling. You know, this is, give us the scouting report. If everything falls into place and they draft Byfield, what are, what are the LA Kings getting in Quinton Byfield? Yeah. Um, you know, he's, as a player, he's, you know, as your master player he's like six four he's very fast has really good hands good vision um can really do anything he's physical he's smart um he's like a full package player i would say and he's, he's definitely going to be you know a player that fans are gonna have a lot of fun watching and you know off the ice he's literally probably the funniest guy i've ever met um he just has the ability to make you know everyone laugh and he's just goofy he's a really goofy kid and you know i think of him as like a 12 year old and like a 25 year old man's body. So, um, it'd be, I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, hopefully we can take him and, um, you know, that would be awesome. I'd love to, uh, reunite with him and, you know, hopefully, uh, make the other Kings one day and play alongside of him. Now looking ahead to next season, we'll, we can talk more about junior and, and, and that sort of stuff in a moment, but looking ahead to next season in Ontario at, at forward, you're going to have Kapari, Turcotte, Madden, yourself, Aiden Dudas, one of your friends, Fagamo. Um, how excited do you get when you think about some of the offensive talent, uh, you know, the future Kings that you're going to be able to spend time with in the American League and really mold, uh, you know, the next phase of your career. You're going to be able to spend so much time with these guys. What, what, what thoughts come to mind when you think about that? Well, um, honestly, I just like it. I'm pretty, you know, I'm grateful that they're all just great guys. You know what I mean? That obviously, we're all trying to, you know, beat each other to a spot on an NHL roster, but, you know, we all understand that, and um, I think it's just special that we're all good guys. We all, like, love each other, so, um, obviously, I don't know Madden too well yet, but um, from what I've heard, he's a, he's a good guy, so, um, you know, I'm just excited to, you know, enter my first year in pro and, you know, hopefully make, you know, that adjustment faster than, than normal, I think, with just being so close with the guys already. I think, you know, I think that helps, like, you know, your off-ice chemistry with the guys definitely helps to transition, and I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it, and, um, you know, I just want to get there, and I want to get skating, and I just want to, you know, be there already. It's been tough not playing um, and just kind of waiting on word for next season and dates like that, but at this point, I just want to get over there. Come on, Akil, let's stir up some good controversy here. You versus Turcotte, you know, Mr. Canada versus the All-American USA kid, the college guy versus the junior guy. Let's get this going. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> we're actually, we're actually, like, we don't, we haven't met each other that many times. I think only, only once, I think, at, at Dev Camp, but, like, we're, we're pretty close. We play uh, PS4 together all the time, and we're always texting each other and stuff. So, um, you know, I think, you know, Playing, playing next year, I think we'll be pretty close, and he's a good guy and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, very competitive guys, I think, we're both. So I'm excited to kind of learn off him, actually, and, you know, see how competitive he is and 
on the ice and practice in the gym, you know, in games. I like to learn off of every every player I play with. So uh, he's definitely one guy I'm looking forward to learning off of. What's a text like Turcott from? The only text I can possibly imagine is like, hey, bro, you want to go grab some Chipotle? But you guys can't do that living, <laughs> living apart. So what is a text from him like? Honestly, we, like we've talked about um, like Matt Price, strength coach there. Uh, he has like a, a strength and conditioning workout program for us on an app. And uh, usually we talked about how hard that workout was that day. Um, it's super tough. It's super, super tough. And um, we just like, if we have any questions about it, we just ask each other it or whatever. We just talk over a little bit. So we're, we're often talking about the workouts we're doing. Now, you have hyped up Aiden Dudas to me for a long time. And obviously, he was on a, a much grander stage last year being part of Team Canada. I mean, they essentially uh, did anything and everything they could to get him on that Canadian team, when, especially when he was injured there in, in late November. I think it was over U.S. Thanksgiving weekend. But um, for people that don't know Aiden Dudas, tell the, the fans of the Ontario Reign what they're going to be seeing next year in, in Aiden Dudas. Yeah, I mean, he, he's uh, obviously not, you know, 6'5". He's think he's 5'8", 5'9", maybe 5'10", now, but um, he's a smaller guy. Um, he's quick, very fast. He's, um, you know, tenacious on pucks. He battles hard. Um, but he's also got a really good shot. Um, you know, he has a, a lot of highlight reel goals where he's pulling the puck in around a defenseman and going top shelf. And obviously he has good hands, good enough to do that stuff. So um, just like a workhorse, he'll work his uh, tail off every game and, um, just, you know, he'll be an exciting player to watch as well. I think, um, you know, obviously, like you said, I've been pumping his stars for a while, and um, that's just because I've, I've known him for so long. I've seen him play throughout the years, and I know, you know, a lot of scouts look at height and, and stuff, but I think he has the heart to make the NHL one day. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about the trade deadline last year? How stressful was that for you there in the OHL, knowing that you were going to be leaving um, Niagara, you, when you and I talked about it over the summer last year, you, you wanted to, you didn't want to talk about it. You wanted to put it in the back of your mind and you wanted to just enjoy as much of your time there as you could. And then eventually, obviously the day came and it was a weird time also where you were traded, but then you still were able to go back to Niagara. It was a very unique situation coming off of the gold medal, but how stressful was that period of time for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was too stressful. I was kind of still off, you know, that high from winning World Juniors. I was more just, like, kind of um, shocked that, like, you know, it's actually time to get traded. Like, I was away for a month, and I just probably did one of the, the coolest things I'll ever do in my life. And then I have to kind of think about leaving home. And, um, you know, Niagara really was my home. Um, I can't even put into words, like, how much fun I had there, the relationships I met. Um, just things I did there was amazing. My billets, you know, the coaches. So um, I had a really, really good time there, and um, it was tough, kind of getting myself mentally prepared to to leave and and to have to join another team and stuff. But at the end of the day, I wanted to win um, this year and the year before. I had a good opportunity and lost. So you know, I thought you know Peter Rowe was a really good situation, um, good team, good coaches. I, I had I got permission to talk to their their staff before. Um, I waived my no trade, so kind of got a feel of what they were thinking and, and all that, and I just felt like it was uh, the best opportunity for me. And, um, you know, it was definitely really tough leaving um, Niagara, but, you know, I'll be close to them, you know, forever. I still talk to the staff, my, my teammates and stuff like that. I'll be, I'll be close to them forever. London really wanted you as well. How, how close was it for you ever? Was there, was there a realistic possibility at any moment where you were about to go to London? 
For sure. I mean, I think Dale's probably been the best coach I've ever had. Um, so, and obviously Mark knows what he's doing and um, definitely would, would love to play for those guys. Um, I just, honestly, I wanted uh, the best situation for um, myself and Niagara. Um, you know, I think Piero was the team offering the most at the time and, you know, Niagara did so much for me and I just felt like I wanted to give back and kind of, if the team who wanted to give up the most um, was a good fit for me, then that was the, the decision I was going to make. I didn't want to be selfish and just kind of pick um, a team regardless of what they were willing to give up for Niagara. So um, that's just how much, you know, I respect Niagara and um, how much love I have for them. And I wanted to make it work on both ends. And it just happened to work out the best with Peter Rowe. Nikhil, I listened to a recent interview with you, and I know you were down in Atlanta for a while, I think in June. But at this crucial time in your development, how difficult and how frustrating is it to be off the ice and not being able to train normally? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at the same time, well, I mean, obviously right after the season, um, like I'm usually I'm usually on the ice like right after the season, and that's just because I can't say no to ice, but. Um, you know, with where I want to go, you know, physically this year, I want to, you know, get heavier and build mass and, you know, sure. staying off the ice in the early stages is kind of the way to go. So I didn't really mind it too much. It was, um, you know, it was forcing me to stay off the ice and forced me to gain a couple of pounds. So, you know, that kind of happened. And, you know, now, um, Toronto's kind of taken a couple of steps. I'm not sure where, um, where else, uh, the same thing has happened, but, uh, we're skating now. I've been skating a couple times a week, so I've been working out um, regularly for a couple of weeks now. And um, so I'm I'm back in the swing of things. It's obviously different in, in every area, but you know, at first it was definitely tough. Um, the home workout stepping out a little old. You know, it was tough working out by myself, and um, I was just trying to rollerblade and stick handle, keep my hands nice and silky the whole time. So um, didn't have much trouble, you know, doing all I could. I had to couple of different things I could do, but definitely uh, happy to be back in my you know, regular routine. Going back to uh, Niagara for just a minute, uh, people that follow on Twitter have probably heard the story, but for listeners who haven't, you, you played an excessive number of minutes on defense one night when there was uh, nobody left on the blue line in Niagara. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've always wanted to be a defenseman. I've always asked my dad, well, like pretty much every coach I've ever had growing up, um, I asked to play D and um, I just, I guess I was like too gifted, um, enough for the, for the team, like to be able to afford to put me on D. So I always had to play for it. And, um, I think like my true love for the game has come from the DN. I know that sounds weird, but, um, it's just always been a passion of mine. And sometimes when I'm watching hockey, like I'm more watching the defense than more than the forward. So, uh, that's just sometimes, but. Um, you know, I just, I think of my, my favorite players and usually like they're defensemen. So it, it's kind of weird, but, um, I played defenseman, uh, in school hockey, uh, growing up and I just had so much fun there. And for years I kind of told Niagara, like, if you ever need a D, like I'm here. And they were just like, yeah, okay. Kind of, <laughs> um, the situation, the rise. And I was like, coach, like I told you for four years now, like I can play D, give me a shot. And so they gave me a shot and, um, like I was surprisingly super good back there. Um, played 29 minutes that night against Erie, and um, we lost. But I literally had the most fun ever in an OHL game I've ever had. So 
Um, it was awesome. I loved every second of it. And um, it's just a, it's such a way different, you know, look at, at hockey in general. And um, I just like uh, the different, uh, the differences in it. You know, you talk about the defense and going back to Ontario for a minute. It's interesting. You, you've already formed friendships with some of the forwards that'll be there uh, next year in, in Turcotte and obviously would do this from before. But on defense, these are largely guys that you don't know, right? This is uh, Kale Clegg, Bjornfoot. Um, Dursey might be the only one that you played against in, in the O, but Cole Holt coming in from college, uh, Noisen coming over, maybe Mavari coming over from Europe. It's it's largely an unknown group on defense for you, I would imagine. Or have you been doing some scouting on the the Kings' defensive prospects as well? Oh uh, well, you know I've been to I think two two camps with Kale Clagg, so maybe three actually, um, a dev camp and two main camps. So I know him, uh, very smooth defenseman. I, I I know him pretty well. Um, Tobias, I got to know a little bit at this past camp um, last year's uh, main camp. So uh, I know he's really good and. I know him pretty well. Um, and then Cole Holtz, we, we've been to a couple of dev camps and we, were, we even trained in, in Michigan once before together. Okay. So I know, yeah, and I just congratulated him on signing his contract and stuff. So I know him um, as well. So I w- in Ben Jersey's one of my really good buddies as well. So I wouldn't really say, you know, it's too unknown. Um, I know them pretty good. And, and I'm sure, you know, for the other guys you mentioned who I may not know, I don't usually have a problem um you know getting friends quick so i'm looking forward to get to know those guys cole holtz is always so intense uh i'm wondering have you seen the lighter side of him like is there you talked about byfield earlier being funny does cole holtz have a funny bone or is he just is he a grown man you said that you have i guess if is he the opposite of byfield is he just a grown man uh already is he already 35 years old Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I'd actually, I actually see the other side of him. Oh, wow. Obviously, in interviews, people get a little bit different. Um, I definitely do as well. Like, uh, I find myself in my early stages getting interviewed. I just talk like a, you know, a typical hockey player, but I've learned from, you know, just doing the podcast and stuff. It's, it's not, uh, bad to just talk like yourself. And I think I'm doing that a little bit more now. So I could definitely see how some people, you know, seem a little bit serious in the, in a conversation uh, that's in an interview. and um, But for me, when I talk to him, it's just a conversation. So uh, he's definitely a little bit goofy, not uh, not too serious all the time. Nikhil, at the top, you, you mentioned having an entrepreneurial mindset, and I assume that's from your folks uh, instilling that energy. And we have your website up, Zale Apparel. So, so basically it started when you were 13 years old with one of your buddies that you just started making T-shirts, and now it's evolved into this apparel company. So what have you learned through this, I guess, six or seven years of uh, – of owning this company? Oh, yeah, I've learned a lot. I'm still learning a lot. I'm still making mistakes. And uh, I always tell, you know, my partners and my friends and my family, like, I, I don't mind making mistakes at all just because the mistakes I make that, you know, may cost me money is going to, co- um, it's going to, um, you know, stop me from making, uh, you know, a million dollar mistake in the future. So um, definitely I've learned that just, you know, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, especially in business because, you know, you just learn not to do that ever again. And obviously you can use the same type of thing in hockey and in life in general. But, um, you know, I've learned that, you know, connections and networking is so important. Right. Um, just one guy, you know, could help a business so much. And um, it's just, it's just, um, I'm always learning something. So uh, that's something that I've learned as well. And, you know, just trying to, you know, read books and, 
watch videos, see what else I can do to um, help Rosedale and stuff. But, you know, at the same time, um, I've learned how to prioritize myself um, correctly just because, as you know, as Zale gets bigger, um, it's going to, you know, demand more time. And, you know, that time can't come for me. It's going to have to come sure. for my partners and stuff because um, my main goal is to make the NHL. And, you know, I, I think some people ask me, like, oh, is Zale going to be a distraction in the future? And um, for those people who don't know me, they, they don't know that, you know, I'm 100% focused on, on hockey and anything, um, you know, that is involved in my life that's not hockey. It's just kind of on the side when, you know, I, I have some time to spare. So um, definitely uh, 100% focus on hockey. And for our listeners that aren't um, familiar with your other pursuit, talk about the, a little bit about your uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, so this guy who created a um, documentary on black, black hockey players, his name uh, Kwame Mason, and it's called So All Nice, the movie. And uh, it's a pretty big film. Uh, I was yeah, in it great um, a little bit. And um, my one of my best friends, Elijah Roberts, who I played with in Niagara, we all just kind of um, formed together and, you know, just decided we were going to start a podcast. And, um, you know, it actually turned out to be a perfect time to have a podcast related to, you know, just minorities in, in hockey and in sports in general. And um, we've had a, a lot of good guests so far, and we've been lucky enough for the NHL to uh, reach out to us. So um, we're most likely going to become a NHL podcast in the next like two weeks, I believe we're just trying to work out all the logistics and stuff. So, um, happened pretty quick and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Going back to the uh, clothing line for just a second, we need to do a collab. So on mayor's manor, we had a shirt released through violent gentlemen. We're going to need to do a Kings of the podcast shirt with Zale. I think we need to do a collab here. Okay. Well, I think, uh, my people will contact your people. <laughs> You're so L.A. already, Akil. How old is this guy? <laughs> 45? He's, he's so L.A., right? Yeah, My people like, will call your people. He's, he's, he's already, we'll do he's, lunch. He's going to fit in perfectly, man. This is an adult we're talking to. This isn't a 20-year-old hockey player. Good for you, Akil. You've been just like analysts. So smooth. Uh, switching back here just uh, to the ice for a couple more minutes, and, and we appreciate your time, Akil. It's always great to talk to you. Um, Looking back last year, the tournament in Anaheim, uh, or technically it was in Irvine, but the, the Ducks hosted it, which is the rookie showcase. Um, is, is it fair to say that maybe that you didn't show as much as you would have wanted to show coming in? I know that you and I spoke in the summer coming into that, and you really wanted to uh, make a mark compared to what you did in the previous year uh, of the development camp time period. Um, do, do you feel that you accomplished that, or did you, know, did you leave not really quite feeling that you were able to put your best foot forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there's both both ends. I, I think that I made a, a big improvement from, um, you know, the, the year before, and I'm appreciative of that, but, you know, the year before I, I got, like, hurt at the Summer Showcase, so wasn't really in the best shape possible for my first camp, but, you know, I, I was better the second camp, and, um, you know, I'm happy for that. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, I wanted to make more of a mark for sure. Um, you know, it's only, it was only my second camp, and I realized that, but, you know, I like to hold myself to, you know, big standards. And um, I definitely wanted to come into camp and just be like, you know, whoa, like, who is this guy? Is this Akil? Like, it's not the same Akil we saw last summer. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I definitely made improvements. And I can be happy with that. Um, you know, I was told that I was way better than the year before. And they are very happy with the way I played. And, you know, if I do X, Y, and whatever, then 
you know, my chance next year will be, you know, even greater. So I'm just trying to work on that. Uh, really, I think in the past I've, I've dwelled on, on the path too much. And, you know, I spent all summer thinking like, oh, I didn't perform good last camp. But, you know, I've learned now I, it's just not the way I'm going to think. I'm going to think I did, you know, better uh, my second year. This is my third year. I'm going to do even better. So that's just kind of my focus going into my third year. So let's ignore the past and let's talk about the future. Do you set goals when you come in? And obviously it's hard to do right now because we don't even know when you're going to be back playing, but do you have certain goals for this season? Like, is it important, for example, for you to play one NHL game this year? Obviously your ultimate goal is to make the NHL. We all believe you will make the NHL, but is it important this year to play an NHL game or is it, is it something else more important this year? Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. Um, you know, I think everyone's path is different. Everyone's development is a little bit different. You know, I need to mature physically um, before I play in the NHL full-time, and, you know, I understand that. I know some kids are, or some men are, uh, you know, more physically mature than me and, uh, and stuff. And, I, you know, I have a lot of stuff I want to work on this summer and uh, that I have been working on, and um, I think, I guess, it's just if I feel like I'm ready, you know, at camp, then, um, at camp, I'll be like, you know what, I, I really want to play, you know, a couple games this year, whatever, giving my my best. But at the same time, I just kind of evaluate that at camp, and I'm not going to go into camp thinking, you know, I have to play one game, um, just because if, if I'm not, you know, ready, then I don't want to disappoint myself. I just want to, you know, go into camp, evaluate everything, and get a feeling for everything, and just understand, you know, the process, and you know, stuff's not just going to happen like that. It's a process, and just got to, you know, take it one day at a time. How closely do you follow what's going on with the Kings organization? Obviously, Mike Stuthers is no longer going to be the coach, so they're searching for a coach. Uh, their their players have been traded at the trade deadline, and they're trying to open up spots, and guys like Gabe Velarde are making the NHL. And Do you spend any time at all really really thinking about that and looking at that? And, and if so, what are some of the, the sort of, uh, you know, key points that you're watching and focusing on right now? I mean, yeah, I mean, I do. My season, I don't look at, you know, oh, this guy's playing with this guy or whatever, like the line or anything like that. But honestly, I look at trades and, you know, I saw the Mike Shrothers thing and um, I was a little bit disappointed just because I really liked him. He really liked me. Um, I learned a lot from him and I was looking forward to playing for him, but I'm sure the next coach will be just as good, if not better. And, um, yeah, I mean, I did see the trades, and obviously I, my goal is to make the NHL, and obviously they traded a couple you know, older guys, and it seems like a little bit of a rebuild. So it's just more of a reason for me to you know, go extra hard and, and realize that there's an opportunity here and just kind of you know take it, um, run with it, and um, you know do it as fast as I can. They have about 37 centers in the organization. Is there, <laughs> is there, I mean, I'm sure at some point the thought's been there about the possibility of playing wing versus center. Can you just talk about what that difference means to you and in, in, in your game as well? Uh, I really like that. Um, to be, well, I just like the fact that, you know, I can play wing and, you know, maybe for a guy like, you know, Alex Turcotte, I don't know if he's played wing before. I don't know if Kupari's played wing before. Or um, I'm sure Jad has, but, um, you know, I just, Byfield, for example, I'm not sure if he's ever played wing, so um, it might make you know the adjustment for for him if he were to go on the wing a little bit harder than you know others. So 
um, you know, I'm just grateful for the fact that I can, you know, play both. And um, obviously I would want to in a perfect world play center at the NHL level. But, you know, obviously I just want to play in the NHL regardless of what I'm playing. Um, but I guess uh, I can even play D. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Really uh, you did sort of line it up, though, perfectly to where I was going. If they draft Byfield and he's set at center and you have Kopitar at center, then that leaves either either Velarde, yourself, or Turcott. And so if you just sort of play the scenario out in your mind, well, look, if one of those guys makes... Uh, or, you know, hold down a center role. You don't want to be the fourth line center. And, you know, you have too too much offensive talent. If the blue line's full and there's no spot for you on D, then you probably would have to play wing to stay in the top six and produce offensively, which is really, I think, the calling card, that, you know, of your game. Yeah, you're completely right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm fully prepared to do that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I love being that guy who, you know, can just play whatever. You know, I've been part of teams where I'm just like a power play, um, you know, first line type of guy. And obviously I'm team, I'm team Canada. I'm more of a fourth line, um, penalty killer. So I can really play anything. And, um, no, so I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for that. It's obviously a good tool to have because, um, the more positions you can play, obviously the more, um, team dynamics you can kind of fit in. So, um, it's, uh, it's good. Akil. I will send a text message to Todd McClellan, let him know that you are available to play defense as well. Maybe that'll be your road to the NHL. Who knows? It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Nothing surprises me with you. Fantastic 30 minutes. We appreciate you jumping on here. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. Try to get some workouts in. And uh, we can't ha- wait to have you in Southern California and have an opportunity to talk to you on a more regular basis. You certainly are the most fascinating player in the LA Kings prospect pool. So thanks, Akil. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There you go. Akil Thomas. We'll be back after the break with more Kings of the Podcast. the third period of kings of the podcast with db and the mayor db third period welcome back here another fantastic what an impressive kid you like him he acts like he's 40 years old not 20 (laughs) wow he'll fit in perfectly in la he's he's got the rap and everything but no really really now i see why you pump his tire so much that's and it's not just about the you know the, the skill obviously and the points you mentioned before in his production it's the character of the player it's very very important i see why they picked this player because he has a chance to be special here well, go back to what Rob Blake said a couple of episodes ago, DB. He talked about the fact that that sort of character and, yep. and, and, and off the ice is so important, right? So anybody can look at the stats. Anybody can go to games and scout and watch players. But to really, truly understand a player, you have to talk to that player. You really have to get to know that player. And one of the things that we do on Mayor's Manor for the prospect rankings is not only do we talk to the players, but we talk to their teammates. Right. We talk to coaches. We talk to scouts. We talk to people that know these guys. I don't think we've ever talked to parents. I have to go back and think about that but the point is we talk to a lot of people to get to know these players and people always have some really interesting things to say about Akil and then the more that I've gotten to know him over the last couple years again I've said it many many times I think he's the most fascinating 
prospect that they have. There are many layers and there, there's a depth there. And there's also an honesty. If you just think about yeah. some of the stuff that he said, uh, he came into camp. He was very disappointed with his first year. The Kings were disappointed with his first development camp. He came in kind of shy, kind of timid, maybe overwhelmed by the NHL experience. It wasn't uh, what they were expecting and it wasn't what he was expecting. And, and he, he, he talked to me about that. We did some interviews. We did some, some development camp previews. Coming into the second year, he came in with a different mindset. And you noticed that the first time he walked into the room too, the guy was shredded. He had filled out more. He had developed. He had been working out off the ice and he's training his mind to become a pro player. And you just think about what he said about his experience at the rookie tournament last year. And he's like, yeah, man, I did come in. I was hoping to make a bigger mark there. He's trying to turn it into a positive. Sure. I liked what he was saying, but he wants to make a mark. He wants to be better. He wants to learn. Think about what he said about Turcotte as well. His competition for a 2C or a 3C spot. And he's like, I love the guy. He used the word love. It wasn't yeah. just like, yeah, hey, he's a cool guy. He's like, I love the guy. They're already texting. They're talking. They're forming a relationship. I think it's fantastic. That's professional. That's professional behavior. And, he's a pro. And it's no surprise that I did a little research and one of his role models is Jonathan Taze. Well, there you and go. And he conducts himself in, in that manner. So, yeah, it, it just... You root, you know, we're not supposed to root for players, right? But this kid can be really an influential player in this organization in the future. I would say, DB, that I don't root for players, but I root for people. How about that? That's great. All right? Yes. And he is a person that I root for. Right. Which is fine. We can have biases. It's okay. People pay <laughs> it's allowed for, on Kings of the Podcast. It's, it's allowed. We don't play everything down the middle. We need to, uh, we need to get going, DB, because I need to have my people call his people. We need to get the collab going <laughs> with, right. with uh, Zale Apparel. And by the way, uh, do yourself a favor. Go online, pick up a shirt, get a hoodie, get a jacket, get something from Zale Apparel. This is, uh, you know, this is in his blood. This is, this is something that uh, doing it since he's 13 uh, years Akil old. has put a lot of time and effort into over the last couple of years. Hockey is his number one priority. He made that clear in the interview. Oh, yeah. uh, but during this quarantine time, go out and support another hockey brand. I know we all love Violent Gentlemen, but uh, one of the things about Hammer and VG that they love to do is they love to show, uh, uh, they like to show love to the hockey community. So I would encourage everybody here, show some love for Zale Apparel. Go out and, uh, and pick something up. And uh, in the meantime, our people will contact his people and we'll see about getting a collab going. DB, a fantastic episode. Yes. Can't wait to do it again. Okay, fans, we'll talk to you soon. at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply.